Independence Day at Home Festival podcast. Producer Trent here. Apologies, we haven't put out uh, all the podcasts this week uh, and that we missed a show, a live show on Thursday. Uh, We had a few uh, real-life things get in the way, but we are back now. And on this episode, we're joined by Russell Kane and Barb Junger and Matt Ricardo. Remember to drop a tip in the tip jar, cosmicshambles.com slash stay at home. And you can support us at patreon.com slash bookshambles. And you can and you can subscribe to youtube.com slash cosmicshambles to get all the new episodes and everything else we still do and will continue to do. Here's the episode. morning and morning. Uh, yeah welcome to the uh shamble stay at home festival how are you josie long your hair oh. looks great by the way i just saw you just do a little bit of on camera uh that was just good it's it, it's called unintentionally growing out your fringe and so i get to kind of curve it round, which is a delight oh i'm all right I, a really really delightful thing happened over the weekend to me can i tell you yes so i was cuddling my daughter and I said, I love you. And she said, I love you too, mummy. For that the first good. time. Because you For two have not time. been getting on, have you? No, we don't that get out. We've not got on until now. It's a disaster. <laughs> And it's just nice that she's finally decided to bury the hatchet and, uh, and behave a bit more maturely about things also i remembered that when she was born i bought a paddling pool which in our old flat we didn't have any outside space so god knows what i thought i was going to do with it and yesterday when it was sunny we've got a very little um garden and i put it out and uh, she sat in it for an hour so i mean i i simply couldn't have had a better weekend i can't imagine any other circumstances that could have been better how are, well, you? I, how are you oh good and it's uh, yeah I've, I've been enjoying in terms of that family thing the thing that i enjoy we do exercise together my son and i every, every day and uh, he saw me uh, on my uh, 50th birthday i was surprised i was on tour with brian cox and uh, we were in aberdeen and suddenly my wife and my son and one of my sisters turned up it was all a kind of surprise i didn't know about it and uh and brian and me always went out boxing on the beach that's the way you stay uh contented on a hundred date tour where you're working in close proximity with someone is you punch each other every day <laughs> but in a very kind of specific and fashioned and controlled manner he really enjoyed that that's my son my son really enjoyed that and uh so i um so he started so we've got some little pads and we've got some boxing gloves and every single day we do that so that to me is one of the things that i uh, i delight in as much as uh, obviously watching rick mail in the young ones uh, as well the family <laughs> that boxes together um so have you got a uh oh by the way i mentioned one other thing because we've been talking about some of the things that we've seen and things that other you know recommendations can i uh i watched it again for a second time at the weekend and i really think it's a magnificent film and if you're sometimes a bit of a kind of you know snob like me a little bit like i mean the thing that i love about tarkovsky is it's so long and so little happens and that is one of the reasons i love tarkovsky as well i really do but um I, I love War for the Planet of the Apes is just a fantastic film. So if you're someone who sometimes thinks, I don't really think that the uh, the thriller or action genre is, is well, and then obviously you can, you know, Mad Max Fury Road's magnificent, uh, Logan's magnificent, but uh, War for the Planet of the Apes has an amazing score, fantastic performances, and is a very beautiful film. I really enjoyed, really enjoyed Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Dot Potter. Yeah, I, I, I think they're all, I, th- I think oh. they're a really interesting trilogy. I have a tip for something that I watched yesterday, which was so wonderful. It's In My Skin by Kaylee Llewellyn. It's a um, uh, sort of comedy drama, I suppose. That beautiful, like, hinterland genre. And it's on the iPlayer, it's on BBC Three. And it's about a teenage girl uh, growing up with difficulties at home and trying to sort of live her life despite it. And it's really, really beautiful and funny and great. And the performances are great and the writing is great. I loved it. I and it's only five part but obviously you assume it's going to be six part because it's five half hours and so when the fifth one was finishing I was like wow this is so interesting like it really feels like the end you know how are they going to do another episode I can't wait and then I was like no I felt genuinely robbed of the final episode oh I can can do a five episode uh 
10. If if someone in the house goes, let's start watching this, I go straight on Wikipedia, look what happens in episode 10, so I won't tell you. But um, it, frankly, it doesn't look like it's going to be a satisfying ride. Um, what is your show and tell? To- oh, God, sorry. So this, as you'll see, uh, Josie Long, Heads Up Breaststroke, Series, Series B, Gender F, Race number 86, Assembly Time. It's the UK Cold Water Swimming Championships from 2011. Now, as you can see, I was in the final there, not in the heats. And the reason for that is not enough people wanted to do the race to have any heats. And I would say, if you'd like to become, as I am, an accomplished athlete, choose something everyone else hates. (laughs) Because you will forever remember that you're in the final. Now, Now, Robin, you may be thinking... Were you so bad that you took a full minute longer than all the other swimmers? And to answer that, I would say, yes. Yes, I was. Was it so embarrassing for everyone that they had to delay the next race? Yes. Yes, it was. They can't take it away from me. <laughs> they can't take it away from me. And um, what was your show and tell? Oh, do you know what? I would say I, I am very, very similar on sporting achievement to you. The only uh, team I've ever been in at school, I was in the third 11 cricket team. Uh, oh, was the third 11. The reason for the third 11 was only 27 boys signed up to do cricket. So that already meant there were only five of us officially. Then they managed to drag together six other people. Uh, and uh, once we had a four-hour trip to another school to go and uh, and play a game, uh, we were all out in uh, 15 minutes. They got <laughs> our score in four minutes. And frankly, uh, our teacher was not happy in the minibus. Um, <laughs> what I was going to... I'm proud. I'm proud of my. No, I was on the netball D team, which means that I was in the bottom <laughs> twenty-one to twenty-eight girls. Uh, net- and the D team, and do you know what? We really lived up to that 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 name. So <laughs> much so more fun. time for the library. Lucky us. Um, the uh, show, 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 I was going to show because they showed villain over the weekend. The uh, Richard Burton, Ian McShane uh, gangster movie, very interesting movie, and uh, I, I couldn't find it. I tried to have it today. My dad, the only auction he's ever been to, uh, and the only thing he's ever bid on, and he bought it for me, is Donald Sindon's shooting script of the film Villain. So wow. that was show and tell the other day, uh, another day. But for the time being, I just thought I'd show you Kurt Vonnegut. This uh, is a lovely oh. Kurt Vonnegut doll that uh, I was I was given by someone who's uh, uh, regularly comes to gigs and regularly comes to uh, the Nine Lessons of Carols for Curious People. And so here is uh, Kurt Vonnegut, my show and tell. There is no more to say than that. You know oh, the Oh, that's fun. Really fun. So wow. today we are joined by uh, Russell Kane, uh, comedian, author, Hello. broadcaster. I always, always hear, hear adverts for your podcast, um, and it's always you saying, um, with the podcast, uh, millions of downloads, not going to be, uh, uh, I, don't know, I can't remember it, how you say it, say it but I always enjoy hearing one. your voice. They yeah. Because otherwise, they're coming for the license fee if I don't brag. <laughs> Every, everything like on the BBC that's successful, I promise you, my producer team are like, make sure you say we're smash hit, make sure you say we're top 10. They're very, very proud true. of that. I liked it. I was, I was like, that's nice. It's nice so we, like, it, it gets me into a lot of trouble that, that show every uh, i mean i almost dread an episode coming out we just elvis has come out this week and the more sort of loyal following people have, we're talking about the show evil genius where oh yeah sort of, sorry yeah we're, so you we, we take taking down, sacred, down cows. sacred cows isn't it or up, um sacred lizards so yeah. sometimes sometimes we'll take people like bernard manning and keep throwing glitter at them till the till the panel can't take it you know we do episodes in both directions but whatever happens, I you know, my family and everyone around me get very well wishes every Wednesday when they come out. <laughs> Who's been my the hardest? Wished away once a week. Who's been the one where, where you really trying to find that angle? There must be one where you feel a level of kind of nausea and a tightening of the stomach as you attempt to. In which direction? I mean, the Bernard Manning episode was tricky. Obviously, I come from the University of. Of, of lefty comics so i i have to try and be neutral um so i had an idea before we started the record i told the audience it was a warm-up that i come and warm the audience up which i never do really for evil genius having to be a live episode and i just did not the racist or really offensive ones but i did do 10 minutes of bernard manning jokes i said i was trying something new reading out jokes we recorded them laughing 
and then we sat down for like a cultural discussion about the nature of funny and blah 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 and then halfway through all this audience were very comfortable and knew how they felt i dropped on them they'd been laughing and clapping at the material of bernard manning at the top it's quite a good experiment it wasn't very popular as you can imagine that's interesting uh, I, I think i wouldn't i don't think i'd have a, have a, a, pro a problem with Bernard. though you know I, I think i could do it but some of the characters you've done <laughs> but uh, some of it, I, I mean, some of the political people that you have to deal with, some of those kind of cultural, there the, the must be, well, I suppose you have the other side of it then, people that you adore, that you are, are dragging into a mire, who, who is the hardest to do that with? I think the episode word... I struggled most to get a handle on anything bad was Amy Winehouse. And in fact, mm. it wasn't the most successful episode. We went down um, the route of, she was one of the, the sort of original people that glamorised toxic love and, Sort of junky, messed up, toxic dependency, and she, she put it out there in a PR. So we tried to go down that angle, but it sort of went fine. Just look, that might, might have looked a bit mean spirited. It was still a very interesting episode. I when think she you, did, Sorry. Oh, no, no, I was just going to say, when you, they, how, did when you, you, how did you think of the idea? Was it that you took, found one particular person that you were then really shocked at kind of understanding sorry. more about? It's so. Uh, so I get yeah, ra Radio 4, because at Radio 4, I represent diversity because I sound common. So it's great. So I get loads of work over there. And uh, so I had a meeting and I'd like my, P you know, I'm like 100 miles an hour PDF document. This is why the idea works for my advertising day. This is the, this is, this is the format points. I'm really <laughs> over the top, like slick oil man. And uh, I went, they, were like, they liked all the ideas. And then just right at the end of the meeting, it was just as the Harvey Weinstein thing was breaking. I was talking with these two producers about how in the pub last night with my mates we were like well, does it, should you even watch a harvey like even when, when i see now produced by harvey weinstein at the top of a movie i love it goes through your head do i even should i watch that so there's an uncomfortable feeling before you, the movie starts and that's then we started talking with nothing written down with this radio four producer well that would make a great idea what if you couldn't enjoy the things you love because the evil is built to a point where you've mm -hmm. got to throw the, the cultural artifact in the bin. And we were like, boom, evil genius. It was, it was literally like that, <laughs> with yeah. no work. So <laughs> from a drunk up argument in the pub the night before. Do you have a lot? Because I think it's interesting. It's interesting. There is, there is, it's been discussed a lot in the last few years. You know, some people would say, well, there's the art and there's the human being. And, uh, you know, I, I think with Morrissey, there's been a kind of a lot of that of, 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 of late. <laughs> and uh, and for me, I have found... I've, I've really struggled with stop listening to Morrissey. It's yeah, really I thought hurt. you might do. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, but, but I've never had... I mean, one, I didn't have a struggle because I'm 51 years old and therefore I've left some of that kind of emotional what detritus behind. Uh, so it's... Uh, honestly, honestly any anyone who is still listening to Morrissey is beyond, like, beyond help. I'm like... How? For he's me, even fact, helped you by making terrible music for ten years. Like for me, his help help make him interesting. <laughs> oh, you see, that's I don't think. Weirdly enough, I don't think it's terrible now. But I don't, I don't really listen to it because one. I mean, my thing generally no, is. I have to be fair. I haven't listened to it. Well, I, I think that uh, <laughs> you're going to be a journalist at this rate. <laughs> I haven't watched the speech, but I think the speech was very important. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, I, I'm very angry about this play. I have no idea what it's about, but I'm, I've really had to fill 500 <laughs> words by Monday. Um, but I, I, I do find, like for him, it's just that because so much of his narrative appears to be a personal narrative in his songs, if he appears to be someone that I go, ah, oh, I really disagree with a lot of your takes on humanity, then I don't want him to hear hear him singing about humanity it's my you know that and so i think there is that thing where for i found with a lot of people i can't separate the art from the human being because i think art comes from i mean we talked about that i think with you were saying about one of your favorite authors is is evelyn war and that is a, a fascinating well that was the pilot we, we did that in the end because i needed someone that i knew a lot about because <laughs> we wanted to record it straight away but i funny enough i'm not i'm not name dropping i just happened to be on a program with this person I was sat like, you know, the backstage bit with Andrew Motion of all people. And he said to me that poetry and stand up are about the only two things he could think of where the person is the vessel for the for the art. Was so I was surprised because to me, a poem is a, is a thing which sits separate, like a book or a, or a play or or a painting. Indeed, we've just done Picasso. But he was he argued strongly against that. But I know that a poem also is is you it's completely you you're completely naked when you tell a poet so could it be the closer the person is to the the art then mm. the more we're likely to reject the art itself if we reject the person 
um, which yeah, is why that, those it. horrific sculptures are still outside the, the BBC. I forget what the guy's name is. Eric Gill. Oh, Eric Gill, yeah. yeah. That is just aston- astonishing when you start looking at finding out about him and being like, uh, this is too much. I mean, he this was, is too he much was to unreal. bear. Unreal. Yeah. You wouldn't have wanted to be an animal at his leave it there. <laughs> the, um, I, I, I was wondering. I mean, talking of species barriers, he had none. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I, I remember the first time I read a biography of him, of him, and the first page you go, he sounds like a quirky man. Oh, this goes beyond quirk now. This has made a, a, a leap beyond quirk. This is why all biographies should just be one page. Yeah. Oh, you're a nice child. I there can't wait to hear the Morrissey Eric Gill album. He's friends with a chicken. <laughs> oh, God. The, um, I wanted to ask you because... Uh, I loved your book, uh, and we and we've talked about it before, Son of a Silverback. But I, I was thinking about your your father, who for those people who haven't read the book yet, uh, your father was very manly, wasn't he? He was, you know, in terms of that idea yeah. of of it. And I wondered how he, what you feel he would have done in terms of it, in currently in this climate with the pandemic, what his attitude would have been towards what's going on. I think. To be fair to a lot of people, even me, in the, I was in Tenerife in February, for God's sake. I was on stage on March the 10th. And my, I, I think I even said, you know, obviously I'll follow the government guidelines, but so long as the theatres are open, I'll be on stage. I thought that was the right thing to do. So uh, to be fair to all people, I don't think many of us really, really knew the shape of this thing till about March the 20th. So were my dad still alive, he would have been one of those. Oh, I've done this, I've been through that, I've survived this, I've survived that. A lot of the very old people, I'm lucky enough to have people in that generation alive, grandparents. We've got a fair few between us, me and Lindsay. They are, they, they're the ones not staying. So we're staying in to protect them. But there's a lot of them getting on the bus because it's what they've done since 1970. So Lindsay's 94-year-old granddad is like, I go to he's Ukrainian, I will go to Morrison's, I've been to Morrison's every week. Um, so they they feel invincible by dint of how long they've been <laughs> surviving stuff. It's very curious. So what, I don't know if my dad would have gone as far as 5G conspiracies. But he probably would have done a bit of Chinese blaming. He would enjoy it. anything slightly right-wing he would have enjoyed. I think he would have liked blaming China. Probably would have got into that. Yeah, I think it yeah, is I fair. Think it is fair to say that it's it's only really in the last two weeks that the message has properly. We would send. There were a lot of mixed messages. There was not a fourth. I mean, we did a a, a COVID nineteen kind of special yesterday with 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 four scientists. Uh, and you know, one of them, I read an article that he wrote at the beginning of March, and it was very clear to a lot of of people in research at that point something needed to be done, and this was not going to be a normal situation. And yet, that message I don't think actually got through or was properly delivered really until the. 23rd 24th of march maybe something like that that that's very heartbreaking for me because i do feel like the government let us down massively and that you know they've known since january that this was something to look out for and for whatever reason they they've let us all down and now they're setting us on each other because people in inner city london are going to parks like it's very upsetting (laughs) it's really yeah I, i mean it's all very well people for people like me say saying stay stay indoors but so many people particularly where I grew up, they don't have gardens. Some people don't even have, like, they've literally just got one room and tiny box bedrooms, so they're all sat in a in a flat. Um, I grew up in a council road. They, you don't have the space. I was lucky I had a garden when I was growing up, but lots of people don't. So the only reason I'm annoyed with all the sunbathing people is if they do go even stricter, they're going to take away the little bit of 30-minute walk that people need. People like my brother, of course, but my brother's um... in to accommodation. He's, he's, all he's got is his room. He doesn't even have a reception. Yeah, yeah, but... yeah. But of course, that's that. Like, but that's what that, I, like, but what I, the reason I'm saying is, I think that they're deliberately putting this focus on people so that they can say it's the fault of, uh, you know, straw men that they say are doing this, that, the other, and get people very angry at them because nobody wants to let down doctors and nurses and nobody wants to spread the virus, and so people are kind of projecting because they're bored in their houses and they're kind of attacking out. But actually, you know, it's it's largely created it's not really the reality that there's people really flouting stuff anyway we all know this is a sad conversation I want to ask you a little bit about what you are up to in this time like do you have like a very strict routine are you doing different things every day what kind of Uh, I'm trying we've got a four-year-old which is as you know the so evil it makes coronavirus (laughs) (laughs) it's so intense isn't it (laughs) I mean speaking of going outside like how do you not go outside with a child they have to go outside they're like a dog I'll tell you who does need attacking all the people that lie and say this is the hardest it ever gets next year when they're five it gets slightly easier 
those liars because all it is is another hill you pass the third birthday and it can't be worse than this and of course it's worse when they're four because they're they're, they're now can ask questions and question things so we've had to keep structure in our lives more structure than we probably would choose to if we were in our pajamas going to sleep at 3 a.m because we've got a four-year-old so she annoyed there's not a syllabus i can follow because she's preschool she's sort of kindergarten age so i'm trying to just ramp things up so we're doing like one historical figure a day so she's obsessed well i don't know why with oliver cromwell and charles the first and heads being cut <laughs> off and all that stuff so we've we done we've done that to death and then she wanted to learn about queen so we did Boudicca the other day so we got the walls getting covered with a historical figure each day uh, then we try and do some letters and then it's just play in the afternoon. But it just goes, it's one-to-one. It's relentless. It's not like, okay, daddy, that's four hours. I'll just go and use myself in the corner. No, it is 12 hours of relentless one-to-one. Next, 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 board, 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 daddy. So that most of my day is spent with me and Lindsay juggling how to amuse Minna. And we've fallen slightly, if I'm completely honest, I'll probably get in trouble for oversharing. I don't know if this happened to other couples. We're falling into... A two and one pairing all the time so one will run off and have some me time yeah. like oh, this will be my me time today this is it yeah. and then after this because i've done this and Lindsay and minna have been together then i'll crop a russell and minna session after this and Lindsay will do some press-ups in the garden or something so we're falling into a like two one pattern which probably isn't very healthy but it gives someone a, a breather at all times yeah that's to watch what a movie once minna goes down as well watch watch i love films i love obviously i love books so yeah just doing that i like um alice Lowe, alice the brilliant, Lowe, the brilliant uh, writer director and actor she she put up a comment on uh, facebook yesterday just saying people keep asking if i'm getting loads of writing done yes loads the two children i live with pretty much keep themselves to themselves i respect <laughs> this boundary. they respect mine i don't want to interfere with, interfere with their projects yeah. i've got a, four, a four-year-old that like, just had a fit so all of a sudden at four so what what did I do? I didn't even have the argument. I just got the bottles out, washed them, and gave them in the box. That's yes. It. So much of my life. So much of my life in the past week, especially, has just been like, okay, that's what you want. Great. Yes. Yes. You're the boss. Isn't that liberating, Josie? When you just go, do you know what? I'm Not actually care and let. So she poured water all over the floor the other day. I'm sorry, Danny. Went. I don't care. And leave it. Leave the water on the floor. Leave it to stain the floor. It was like a, a, a cloud lifting. I genuinely didn't care about my floor being ruined. It was great. Obviously, Lindsay came down and then kicked my head in. But up till that point, it was so liberating to genuinely stop caring about anything just for a day. You were going with the flow of chaos. You were, in, yeah. you were embracing chaos. We should say we also, should say also for if you didn't see the episode with Dean Burnett uh, that we did of this, and also there are, he is currently doing a, a, a series as well about uh, how our brains and minds are, are, are kind of going to, you know, in some ways how how we're using them and uh, how we can keep them uh, in as good a shape as possible during this situation. One of the things that's come up a lot is uh, about the the worry that for younger children, the lack of contact with other people, whether that is, you know, that could in in years to come be problematic. Mm. And what Dean was saying was, you know, don't get overly hung up on uh, the fact they're not physically seeing people. Do use things like, you know, like we're doing now, in fact, you know, but that way of communicating with people, if you can still create FaceTime, even without that, that is still very, very useful. So that's just if anyone didn't see that, you know, and you are getting worried about that, if you have a small child, that they still use those forms of FaceTime as well to create that kind of socialisation. There we go. It's just me saying something oh, normal there. I'm not doing silly voice. I've done any silly voices of any of this. I, I'm going to start that. I'm saving that for the fourth week to start doing. <laughs> yeah. Russell, um, we've, we've, yeah, yeah. have you got a show and tell for us? The oh, genuine no. things on, on my desk. So I've got my half-finished research. I was in the middle of researching Karl Marx and Charlie Chaplin for Evil Genius. So I've just carried on reading about them because they're both really interesting characters. So this, if anyone wants a really good, not in a like student politics, spread the wealth type way, but Francis um, Wheat. What's wrong with, I don't think it's student politics to say that we need no. redistribution of wealth. Come on. No, but I'm not, I'm not, not, it's not, a, what I mean is as a biography, it's not about the politics. It's not about the kind of, this is how the, the manifesto, it's in there, but it's a Francis Wayne. So it's a real good, like, romping, mudslinging biography. <laughs> this is so funny that you're like, don't, don't worry, don't worry, you read it, you won't be left wing. Look, it's, it's my Francis <laughs> Wayne. Like, dude, Listen, a lot of people will read that and go, Karl Marx is not for me, but it's, it's, his life is an amazing story in itself. Well, mixed listen, with, we're allowed like a, to like what like we a, like. No, no, yes, no, Josie, I think you'll misunderstand that. No, no, I, I know. Yes. I just, 
I'm just, you know. I'm getting worried that you're getting now, you know, to you've been that, that that first march you go on when this is over is going to be <laughs> the, the, the volume is going to be wonderful. I don't this go on marches anymore. I've got a child. Yeah. I tell you, just talk about the politics for a second. When people read a biography of Karl Marx, they'll realize how wrong they are. It's so rational and reasonable, a lot of the stuff he says. It's just been um, commodified and sold back to us and told in a way that isn't. No, no, people may laugh, but when you read it, a lot of it is just bloody common sense. Uh, uh-huh. And also, just to pair that with Think Like a Cat, right at the, the start of this horrible lockdown period, I lost my life, not lifelong, my 18-year companion, oh, Keith, my Bermilla cat, who's been there from where, before my dad died, before I started stand-up, through all my weird and bumpy relationship. He's just been through everything, and he's just pegged it. We had to go for a diet at home rather than go to the vets for obvious reasons, which was also, it was not as traumatic as I thought it was going to be. Um, I, I, he got right to the stage where he's sort of lying down see with his life plane before his eyes and I finally found a vet that could come and treat you know finish the process in the garden but I now I've seen that it's, it's sort of changed my mind about you know when a cat a lot of owners like oh my cat limped last week after the vets whereas I let him go right to the, the end of the life anyway if I can fight I found a breeder near me um a cat breeder who's a vet which means i can safely acquire a new kitten during lockdown because she will come to me and everything so i'm reacquainting myself with cat psychology and cat training a lot of people don't train their cat think it's just a cat it's not just a cat that's prejudice it can be trained just like a dog and also lastly i'm one of the reasons i'm such a monkey cage fan and everything and in our time with velvet bag i love I've gone down the nerdy, let's understand COVID, let's get into the science of it, what else is there to do, and managed to acquire um, some antibody tests, very similar to the ones used in Taiwan, Singapore and Hong Kong, but provided by a, but it is a UK Queen's Trust Certificate Art Bank supply. This is before everyone two weeks ago when everyone said antibody tests of the future. So I was laughed at by all my friends. They, you can't get them now, obviously. So I obviously immediately did an antibody test, just hoping that I would come out positive because that would mean I'm, I would like to be like delivering groceries and stuff like that. The reason I'm not doing it is I'm like, what if what if I accidentally pass it on to someone vulnerable when I'm helping out? But I am also, we, we, we should say that even the, the current test, there is nothing that is, that is uh, as far as I know, again, from the conversation we had last night, there's nothing that is 100 percent. So, 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 yeah, so, so, it's, so it's very you should uh, even then it's, it's, it's uh, you know, it, just be very, very careful with it's those. Just home, it's just home tea. You like you do a little lancet pinprick of blood comes out you put the blood on you watch it develop but it comes out negative as i say only 70 80 percent reliable but hey kids you've got to have a hobby so come <laughs> on and testing antibodies each time we come back paler and paler paler have you done the test i did the test 27 <laughs> times today the uh, i loved i thought when you were going to say about two weeks ago i thought you were going to refer to the queen's trust element i thought you were going to go i know about two <laughs> Oh, no one liked the Queen, but last night because she started singing again, everyone loves her. <laughs> it was a real, it was a rousing speech, wasn't it? But uh, you know, I, my, my, I wouldn't know. Yeah, <laughs> great. I have. You got to remember, Lindsay, both ninety-four and Ukrainian, meaning he got it from the Russians and the Germans. So I've many times he's told us what he went through. I won't even describe it on here. It's so heavy. So. I know what she's trying to do, but staying in your lounge playing PlayStation, as admirable as it is, <laughs> Darren, I'm not going to draw an equivalence with my <laughs> Lindsay's granddad who fled Russian famine and German fascism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Call me old-fashioned. Yeah, the, uh, I, I think it's like I think it's it, like it, I, yeah. I mean, that's why I have so much sort of awe for the people who are having to, you know go into hospitals and, and work oh under, you know, insufficient protection and Stuff like that, because those what, people really are like. Uh, Rupert Beale, Dr. Rupert Beale, he was on last night and he, you know, is seeing a lot of what's going on. And, and he said, you know, the, the good thing he can say is that the front line of the NHS is currently holding. But the one of the things to remind people about is one of the reasons it is holding is keep taking this thing seriously. Don't think, hang on a minute, it's been a couple of weeks, everything seems fine. But he, oh, he oh, sorry, because why do a wider clap on key worker clap day? So I don't just go NHS. I do, I do a circular clap. And in my mind, that's the refuse collectors, the informal carers, 
nurses postal workers as well postal they're still workers. coming out going Any, to all the different houses absolutely and, and also my family being demographically as it is i've got a lot of people working in supermarket i don't think people realize what it's like to work in a frigging supermarket someone the other day got spat at because they could someone wouldn't bring out what some product or something i mean you've got you've got this screen here a plastic screen while you're taking people's money at the till from what we know about this covid it exists in the air as respirated particles so you know you don't have to be albert einstein to work out those particles are floating either side of the screen you're going to get up for your lunch break you might walk through where someone's breathed out no one in the supermarket has got ppe equipment no one um so there's a lot of people sorry to take the tone serious but and I'm not no. taking anything away from doctors and nurses, but the, the people need to widen their understanding of what a key worker is. Because if no one's getting fed and if the shelves don't have food on them, then we're all in trouble because nurses use supermarkets as well. So every, everyone is, is key. I'll tell you what's sobering. I was saying this the other day. If you're currently sat at home and don't need to work, you're not key. That has dawned on me quite, quite savage. Hang on. Up until then, you thought you were an essential essential part of society as a comedian. I didn't realise how (laughs) unkey. I'm like the least key person I know. Like if our profession vanished, when it went back to normal October, no, but even in October, say it never restarted, no one would care. (laughs) We're that unkey. (laughs) <laughs> well, on that level of existentialism, as you confront your, front, your purposelessness in an already purposeless uh, universe, uh, we're going to go over. We'll come back to you, Russell. We have some questions for you uh, that yes. have come on the live feed, and we'll come back to you. But now, uh, please welcome uh, the singer, the performer, uh, broadcaster. Everyone's a broadcaster nowadays. Bob, How are you doing, How Bob? are you doing, Bob? Bye-bye. Oh, you're so oh, you're muted, on mute, oh, I think. You're muted. Don't worry, this is a very common thing. Nearly everyone's first. Oh, yeah, look, second. Look, there there you working. are. You're with Yay. us now. Brilliant. How are you, Bob? Yeah, I, have to, well, I have to apologise slightly because I, I do see that everybody else is at home. I'm not actually at home. I'm caring for my mum who has some dementia through this. So, wow. um, so I've okay? got the opposite of, of Russ, which is that I've got a 90-year-old teenager. Um, <laughs> so, so I'll say things like, right mum no you can't go you can't go there and she'll throw something down and go why not why not and she'll have a stop and um and that's it's really interesting it's really interesting so I'm in my the home I grew up in which is not where I normally live mm-hmm. and I'm sort of adapting it to me but so what I've done at the moment is I've colonized two bedrooms and I've colonized bits of the living room and some of the garden and garage and I'm just basically kind of like a uh, like an invading force in my mother's home and um and, and i'm not working not because people are asking me questions about Bedecker all day i'm not working <laughs> because because somebody's going around going where are my glasses <laughs> where did i put that what's that where's where, why why are we all staying in mm-hmm. i've explained the global pandemic every morning for the last two weeks oh, wow. and i dare say i may continue to do that for the next 14 it's but really, you know what? We all have our crosses to bear. Well, but it is one of these things that makes you realise what, like, more than ever, what life is about. Yeah. Do you understand? Like, thinking yeah. everyone is at their different places in their lives. Places everyone, in their lives. Everyone has got difficult things going on. And, like, it, yeah, it, it's helpful to sort of think about that and foster compassion for one another and just understand. Like, there's that line in... Um, what is it in Alone in Berlin? Uh, it's the Hans Falada book, which is I don't think I would recommend reading at the moment because it's incredibly sad and hard. Uh, uh, um, but there's a line in it where he's just like, everyone is suffering. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like everyone has got something, something very intense going on at the moment. Wow, that that sounds like something which in years to come will prove a very interesting start point for creativity. <laughs> you know what? It's great. It's absolutely great. We have, we, we, you talked about routines. We have a little routine. I get up, I do all of our beginning coffees and stuff. I go for my walk while she does her eyes and her medication. And then I come back and we do things together. And then I do some work and then I, I make lunch. I mean, I do all the shopping and cooking and all that stuff. And, and now also the cleaning. I've called myself the Dementia Cheery Maid Service <laughs> um, because I, I come with cheer and I can do gardening. I mean, 
five words you've never heard me say. I washed my own car um, the other week. <laughs> I mean, that was a first, you know. And, and then I remembered that I used to wash cars when I was a teenager round here because my parents, you know, because your parents weren't giving you enough pocket money. No. So, uh, so my dad said, well, get that job because my father was Czech, Russ. My father was Czech and my mother's German. And... Um, uh, and they both uh, became British, but um, but they both, you know, had stories. So I went out and I used to clean other people's cars. And I thought, oh, I remember doing that. And what I didn't remember was that I was as bad as it as, as, as I find I am now. <laughs> Did you I not even want to pay yourself? It. <laughs> it, it looks as though I've just kind of abandoned bits of the car. I went over it so quick. And there's whole bits that have gone, what about me? What about me? <laughs> Do you not like the roof? What? <laughs> it has been talk about that. I, 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 it's been very interesting seeing various different people who, before this began, already are in a situation where they can't really get out of the house, where they have very little access to outside. A lot of people with kind of you know sometimes with with uh, different disabilities. It's been very interesting. Again, as you were saying, Josie, about that idea of uh, hopefully in, in one way broadening our imagination and understanding of people who this is not a period of time which will then end this is something that they have to deal with that an inaccessibility to social life and inaccessibility you know is, is a daily thing so I think that's been a uh, a very interesting thing to to kind of get a greater window on Absolutely. And that's what I said to my mum, you know, and she says, oh, can they not come round with the dog? And I go, no, mum, because we're in isolation, remember? And, um, and, then, and then I go, it's just me for 14 weeks, mum, possibly longer. And I can <laughs> see a sort of sadness. <laughs> Does she ever say, don't sing that one again? You've done that. You've done that enough now. I mean, in terms of your repertoire, have you found that your uh, is it slightly changing due to uh, your mum's requests on on what songs are going to? You know, is she going more for Leonard Cohen or Bob Dylan or you know wh wh which angle is she going for? Well, I bought. I bought. You know, I'm 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 doing things to amuse us. So for that actually works, you know, as opposed to one that was there when when the rest of her family were alive, which is not now, and um, and that you can actually see things on um, from a distance, and and that was that's been a big success. And I bought an Alexa, and she stood in front of Alexa when it arrived with just this face of wonder, and she kept saying, "It's magic, mm. it's magic," and and at the moment it's playing her Mozart piano pieces. And so, um, so what I found is that I can sort of. She didn't very much like the Alexa play the blues. She was not keen on that. <laughs> really, she'd really had enough of the blues after about an hour. But, um, but you know, she, she's en she's enjoying that, so that's good. No, you know, you live and learn, live and learn. I'm cheery today. I mean, I think we all we all have our ups and our down days, don't we? Yeah. I think there's also we were talking about this the other day, which is the other is, thing to the other thing to remember is we normally also always have our ups and downs. Sometimes the reason for them, and I think sometimes we can so focus on the reason being this this sense sometimes of, of isolation that we may well forget going. Oh yeah, normally by about Tuesday when I'm on tour or when I'm doing this or when I've had that failed meeting or that idea, I've also found myself feeling wretched and ragged and strange. You know, yeah. oh the human condition. Um, yeah. You've got some new uh, work coming out. You fortunately, you, you pretty much finished your tour, didn't you? The 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 yeah, the, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. wonderful. Was it, and it was odd, you know, because I again I felt like Russ, you know, if the theatres are open and they want us, um, but actually, uh, when I arrived in Otley and um, and I saw, you know, that some people had come out, I I couldn't. The first song I I, I said to Jenny, who was playing with me that night. I said, it's the elephant in the room and we have to address it because this was a sold out show mm. to which only 50% of the people mm. appeared. Yes, right? I had a gig like that. Yeah. And, yeah, and you, you have to address it, you know. And so I said to everybody, I, I understand how how much people give when they come now and, and it, it's meaningful you're here. And as I was saying, I thought I'm not going to be able to sing the first song because I started, I was crying. I thought, no, no, don't, don't. And I just started mm. singing. It was all a bit little wobbly at the beginning because my throat was, because I knew what it meant. And then we, we went into it and by the end, you know, we, we and I knew that that was the last gig I'd do for some time yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and it felt incredibly meaningful uh, mm. it, it just felt incredibly meaningful and I'm sure everybody who gigs feels this about the last one they did but oh it, my heart you know my heart was splintered into everything my god 
also for about four days it was a wonderful balm for our ego if you turn if you turned up and you went there's only half full room you would go mm. I'm, I'm sure it was sold out i mean I, i've got a couple who, who are going to be nameless but who who are champions of pollyanna and they've come away from a gig you know, oh, there were two men and a dog. It goes sold out. Sold out. Oh. <laughs> no, I was there, baby. <laughs> but I've always thought that's just brilliant. Actually, right now, I think Pollyanna is our motif. <laughs> now, there no, will be a vaccine. It's tomorrow. The theatres will be open in June. No. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I, I do wish that there would be some sort of pamphlet delivered to me about what to do in the slightly longer term to entertain mm. my household because yes. like like the first few weeks I was like great great and I've been getting a lot of um, inspiration from Instagram but for example this morning I there's this Instagram parenting thing where all these incredible creative people put out these little trays full of rice and toys for their two-year-olds and then the two-year-olds sit and play with the rice and I did it and then my daughter just threw rice all over the house the house is covered in rice it, it, it didn't work and that's half of the ideas a rice based <laughs> that's a good that is a good thing I don't want a child that can be fulfilled by rice yeah, I wonder if it can work for my mum Oh, get her a sensory tray genuinely they're supposed to be very calming there you go <laughs> the um we were just because you mentioned Otley, which, which is, I presume, the courthouse. Were you, were you at the courthouse? Yeah. Which is a yeah. wonderful, wonderful venue. And yeah. we will just quickly mention that the uh, the tip jar that we have on this show is basically we're uh, getting a, a fund together to uh, first of all create uh, some kind of uh, safety net for some of the uh, performers, the artists, musicians, etc., who will have no work for for at least the next four or five months. By the by the looks of things, it's going to be quite a long time. And also, we are trying to make sure that we're, we're getting enough that we can also give some of that to some of the art centres, some of the smaller places as Josie and I have often mentioned before very often they're not just an art centre in the evening, they are also somewhere where many local groups meet and there's lots of kind of socialising so we're hoping to to make some money we can share with places like that, the Rondo in Bath and and, and other venues as well And um, the Little well, Angel the Little Angel Puppet Theatre Oh, Ronnie Drew will be glad to Ronnie Drew, who's uh, who started there, I, I don't know, know if anyone, but, uh, Ronnie is absolutely wonderful. We did a book shambles with him a, a, a while ago, and has written a wonderful book about his his journey into puppetry. And uh, we managed to do a whole podcast without even getting around to the fact that he worked on Labyrinth, you know, with David Bowie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We never got round to that. We was we were still in Bungle and Zippy before we got what there. What is Ridiculous. the point of me? <laughs> Any of us? Yes. Well, I'll be dealing with that later on. I'm talking to a philosopher, so I'll come back with an answer tomorrow. Um, uh, Bob, you've got a new, uh, you've got recordings coming out with uh, the Fourth Choir. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I can. Um, we were going to do a concert together in uh, June um, because they they did something on my album on Bob Brell and me, and um, and they're friends of mine, and uh, the person who helps produce their work is a friend of mine. So we I, we we agreed that we would do this collaboration. And that they would do some songs that were, uh, we were looking at all the people who were hidden. So, for example, gay composers who you didn't know about, like not Noel Coward, but people like Bob Crewe, who wrote Walk Like a Man, who, <laughs> and, and who, was, who was gay um, at a time when being in Simpan Ali was not, it was not a thing that you said, you know. And so people, people like that, interesting people, and and so because of because of our arranging stuff, we'd started arranging for the choir, me and and Jenny, and I said, oh, what about a song that John and I wrote, John McDaniel, last summer, and John did a vocal arrangement of it, and we wrote this last summer, and we went in before everything went crazy. We went into St Silas in Kentish Town, and and I now remember that with the most enormous joy because we were all in a room together you know 30 singers and the recordist and um and the bass player and the and Jenny on Dudley Phillips and Je and Jenny on keyboards and Dominic conducting and the singers singing and me and we recorded it live as a sort of calling card for this upcoming concert which now probably won't happen when it was supposed to and uh, and anyway when I finished it we started to mix it and, and things started to be getting strange in our society at that point um, and and I played the mix to people, and people would go, "Did you write this last week?" 
And I'd go, no, I wrote this last year. And they go, well, how did you know? And I'd go, I didn't. I wrote this last year. And they go, well, you, you do need to put it out. And I go, well, we are, actually. We were going to do that anyway. Um, so, um, so that's what's coming out on Friday. And um, um, Nate did a video. I mean, we're just a cottage industry now. We're remote <laughs> people doing all this remotely. Nate made a beautiful video using pictures of the choir that were taken on the day. Um, Steve Ollathorne's picture of me. We all know Steve Ollathorne, magnificent mm -hmm. Steve Ollathorne. And then on all the pictures I've taken on my walks and travels for, you know, years, um, pictures of the world. And, uh, and yeah, and it's out there on YouTube in my troubled days. Cool. Um, I don't. I don't want to put you under any pressure, but uh, would you like to sing something a cappella for us? Yeah, or... do you know what? I, I, yeah, I've, I've written down all the words because because I'm the worst person at remembering lyrics. I, I just, you know, and and I'm the worst lyrics for me are the ones I wrote myself. <laughs> the interesting thing is, Bob Dylan, Leonard Cohen, Jacques Brel. The ones I've written myself are usually the ones that go, you know. Mm -mm. And, and then I have to apologise to the audience and say, I'm really sorry I got those lyrics wrong because I wrote them and that just feels <laughs> appalling to me. Um, I'll sing you a bit. Yeah. Thank you. OK, are you ready? <laughs> yes, you're on. Ladies and gentlemen, please, please welcome to her room <laughs> and your room, Barbian. <laughs> Morning light brings promises, promises of sun. Promises of rain and leaves, new life begun. Morning light sets birds on air, singing on the wing, calling orchestras of joy to every living thing. Flowers open, softly smiling. In these morning rays, all of this can keep me walking in my troubled days, in my troubled days. All of this can soothe me in my troubled days. Rippling sand. Oh, it says loads more. <laughs> I haven't got to the sad bit yet. I haven't got to the sad bit. Don't give up now. <laughs> <laughs> but I, what I, what's lovely is on the video you'll hear me with the with the fourth choir singing this as a duet. That's the verse I sing on my own, and then they duet with me. It's not like Barb and some backing. It's it's me and them in full voice, and um, and I and I'm incredibly proud and thrilled to be able to have that out there in the world right now um when uh yeah when, thank you so when. much barb this is uh we will put up uh links to links to all of your work as well everyone go and look up barb younger and uh we, we will make sure that those are attached to all of this as well and uh so that becomes actually available on friday is that right or that's uh, right you, that's yeah. right you can pre-order it and pre-order the streams and all that malarkey yeah well, this is a great thing. Again, everyone, I'm, I'm sure watching this knows anyway, but uh, at these times when you can't get to gigs, if you do, if you still after something, you know, try and find those different places that you can buy uh, the work of people to keep them going as well so they can still keep creating things as well. I know we're non-key workers, Russell is in, but hopefully every now and again, it, 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 it does give us, it, there, there is a pragmatism to bringing joy every now music and again. Is, and also, music is like. key, Robin. Music, music is, is key. key. <laughs> also, <laughs> Some people are still on their full salaries and some people are furloughed with 80% of their salaries and Love other it. people have absolutely no had salary. all of their work for the next so so far cancelled. And so like, you know, if I were on a salary, I would definitely feel differently to where I'm not. And so I think it's a time again where we're all kind of looking around to each other and being like, OK, so you're there. I'm here. Let's see what we can do. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily mean anyone has anything they're not comfortable with or not able to do. In fact, absolutely. quite the opposite. Thank you so much, Barb. We will. Yeah, thank uh, you. It's been lovely to talk to you. It's yeah, that was really great. Thank you. See you soon. That's. See you um, soon. I had a question about the picture behind you, and I love this painting oh, yeah, because all the way through, as a big fan both of Rod Serling's The Twilight Zone and Night Gallery, I've almost imagined that at some point I'm either going to see some of your family walking into that painting <laughs> in the distance. 
or walking out. And uh, so it's added, added a lovely little extra bit of jeopardy for me. Peter, so we've had someone ask, they say, who's the painting? Who's, who's done that painting that's beautiful? Well, any art, any art, arty farty people would be able to tell. So when I, when I was, um, uh, when I left London, I said to Lindsay Wright, and there, there was this, there's um, a website where art students, they get paid when you get a nice painting for your wall and they copy stroke for stroke any classic painting you want. So that's a full oil painting uh, of Pissarro's Hyde Park. So I've got a view of London. Oh, the whole time in the office. and it's beautiful. Obviously, you can't tell it over, over this connection, but the texture of the the paint. And uh, if you've seen the original, or even if you just go on and Google images and look at the original, it is amazing. Like the little so, the, the the ladies' um parasols, the way the paint goes across is exactly the same. It's so honestly you've not just, just got a beautiful just got a beautiful painting. You're also enabling the next generation of art forgers. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Can I give a recommendation as well? Because yes. I, I'm really, I like, I like me recommendations. I like Joseph's one. Um, I watched last night a brilliant sort of horror thriller, body horror thing called Swallow. It's directed um, by Carlo Mirabella Davis and it's starring Hayley Bennett, who should go on to have an amazing career about a pregnant woman suffering from something called pica, which is where you can't stop yourself eating weird foreign objects. Um, Lindsay had it a bit when she was pregnant with Minna, she just kept eating ice. So that technically is pica. Yes. If, you're, if, you, if you're eating something of no nutritional value for the texture, that is a form of pica, this disorder. But as you can imagine, this being a body horror, um, Carlo Mirabella Davis, who I've got to be honest, I hadn't heard of as a director. Apparently, she got standing ovation at Sundance when it was screened. Fantastic. Hour and 30 minutes, even if you're knackered because the kids have ruined you. You've only got one hour 34. Brilliant horror length. Give it a watch. A small F feminist film. Everyone will love it. It's fantastic. Sounds I should bet because you mentioned that as well, you mentioned there about during pregnancy. Uh, as I mentioned, Alice Lowe already, I will, re for anyone who's never seen Prevenge, yes. Alice is part of a really oh, great group. Yeah, wonderful. It's all about basically uh, a heavily pregnant woman, which Alice Lowe was uh, at the time. She made it when she was eight months pregnant. She wrote it, she directed, she starred in it. And uh, it's about her baby inside, basically giving her uh, quite kind of violent instruction. And it, it's a and it's a remote. I mean, it's a really good film. Uh, all the work that I've seen her do and also the stuff she's done with uh, Steve Oram and Tom Meaton and all those is brilliant. But when you sometimes watch it and you go, and she was eight months, like there's a couple of times where there's a bit where she's climbing through a cat flap. And I remember chatting to her and she went, yeah, it was weird filming because every now and again I'd suddenly go, no, I think we should use the stunt double for this. Like there's a couple <laughs> of scenes where you go, yeah, it's, it's a remarkable bit of work. And she's, she's uh, someone who all of her work is, is, is worth paying attention and to. It's, and it's, wor it's worth saying like <clears throat> these one hour, 32 hour films, because a lot of the films me and Lindsay have always meant to watch together, we can't because we're locked down with the four-year-old. So we, we want to do a Godfather night, but there's not enough gap between Minna finally losing consciousness and us losing consciousness. We never have three, there isn't going to be three hours. So we're looking for these really banging one hour 30, one hour 50 movies in and out at night. And definitely not Tarkovsky. That's for shizzle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think you could probably do Mirror, actually. That's only about 1 minute 43. Yes, one hour 43, like rather. 2 hours 43. It no, like it does not. It's Eric. <laughs> How dare you? Me and Derek Malcolm are going to come round your house when this is over. <laughs> um, <laughs> we better we better go uh, over to Matt, because uh, if anyone watched this knows that also our signal for, it lasts about an hour. And uh, Russell, can I say thank you so much for... No, thank uh, you. Go and uh, check out uh, Russell. If you do get a chance, by the way, if you've not read it already, I really, really enjoyed uh, Russell's book, Son of a Silverback. It's, it's, it's got so many different ideas, and it's so much about growing up and family and relationships. And this is it is very good. And it's uh, it's all right if you've – it's that old thing. You know, I, I know one shouldn't perhaps use, use Woody Allen quotes too often, but when he said, you know, <laughs> when, he, when he watches films, uh, he says he's like a chef. All he can taste is the fact that there's too much basil in it. And I think that's exactly the same thing with anyone who's created anything. More often than not, no one else can see the error that to you is jarring or huge. It's a really good book. True. Very kind of you to say. Um, we're now, uh, thank you to uh, Barb. Thank you very much to uh, Russell. And uh, we're now going to go to someone who is just a remarkable, brilliant uh, a performer who's uh, the, I've been watching. He's been doing some, some fantastic stuff during lockdown where he's basically had him doing shows in his back garden with his neighbours watching over the fence. He's been doing stuff with his kitchen as well. Uh, he, in terms of 
of of juggling and the creativity of juggling and creating physical ideas he is remarkable so uh hopefully his image is not frozen we're gonna find out oh no matt is what's been wonderful by the way you you don't know this at home we can uh, here we can see every single person and matt has appeared to be incredibly stoical he's just been watching with a, a, a beautiful motionlessness and uh so it took us a while to realize that actually that's because his connection's not working we've been frozen on his face for uh quite a long time uh, and oh, now now we have it back oh my darling <laughs> sorry hey hey matt how are you doing you're right I'm all right mate how are you i'm very good you've got a backing track by the way uh from uh half of johnny and the baptists uh, okay. so, uh i just suddenly heard uh, this this bellowing this wonderful bellowing i thought that doesn't sound like matt um matt <laughs> I, I was just saying the stuff you've been putting out during the lockdown these wonderful shows that you've been doing for your neighbors watching over the fence and doing stuff with your kitchen as well i mean you are someone who you know I've, I've seen you work with audiences Ut utter utterly brilliant what you do in, in its creativity the, the the physical comedy and ideas in in in, in your juggling your balancing etc at oh. this moment are you finding i mean obviously the tremendous restriction not to have an audience is, is very very difficult anyway psychologically and for so many other th psychologically and financially your creativity are you going have you gone right i've now got this situation what am i now going to create with the limits of these walls yeah to an extent yeah to an extent it, it's it's weird because for me juggling and the tricks and stuff has always just been a, a sort of a vehicle to connect with an audience you know so without that fun with an audience i'm kind of reduced to relying on my actual skills um so yeah it's fun to, to make stuff i enjoyed i enjoyed doing the stuff in my garden that is the most i've talked to my neighbors ever <laughs> um i'm 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 a hermit um but yeah you know it's it, i mean i mean you know this it's partly there's the fun almost of going well i've got some time now so let's be a maker and let's make things and see what i can make with these restrictions and that's always it's always nice to have restrictions when you're making something. oh she's taking the end but then the other half of me is i need an audience so I need to be in front of people mm. who are shouting at me so I can shout back. And that's what I love the most. So I'm, you know, I mean, I, I am, you know, th there are people suffering way worse than, than us, you know, but um, I miss being in a, a dark room in front of people. Mm. It's, it's, it's doing something bad to my brain. Well, uh, sorry, I'm back in the game now, having my um, daughter uh, have my. I, but I agree. I think. I, but I agree. I think if you are a performer and you've performed over decades, your whole body and brain is wired to it, and you do need it. It's and and so even with with doing these streaming gigs, it's wonderful, but it's never. It's not the same. It's, it's not, not the, the same. same there was a there was a moment a couple of years ago when um, I was having a sort of I was having a depressed day, and as a kind of joke, my wife just turned to me and went, "Yay, Matt Ricardo! Yay!" Yeah. And it, it worked. <laughs> it, it flipped a switch in my head, and I was so ashamed. But I was like, "You know, do it again. That was good. <laughs> it completely worked." So yeah, you know, you, I've been doing this for thirty three years, so my my. There's a part in my lizard brain that needs to be in front of people, and it's pathetic. <laughs> but, you know, it's what we are. Yeah, it's true. It's also for that's every. That's a specific kind of connection for everyone. There are different forms of connection, and I think also it is it is a chemical thing because it is it can be a control on uh, you. You know exactly where to funnel your anxiety. You know exactly where your adrenaline goes. You know exactly you know that point half an hour before a gig where you realise that you can't do too many other things because you're beginning to narrow down into all of those things are things that as as Josie and you and I know this is something that very often you're doing every single night of the week, and if you're in Edinburgh sometimes five six times a day this is this is the the, the rhythm of your life and and so i don't, know, same... I don't know if it's true for you guys but for me when i'm on stage that's when i when i'm on stage that's when i feel the most the most me that's when i feel the most confident the most capable the most grown up you know it, it's when i'm off stage that i feel that i can't cope with things and cry 
I think that's what, again for a lot of people out there at the yeah. moment. It is it's about, about uh, what we might consider to be our purpose has been removed. Whether you're a performer, whether it's the job you do, whether it's the relationships you have, or some of the people that normally you would spend some time caring for and you can't at the moment. All of those different things are about a kind of is is, is a sense of purpose. And as we all know, you know, especially for for elderly people, one of the things you really realise when you get to know an elderly person well is that the loss of purpose is tremendously damaging and that that's what yeah. we need to try and keep making sure that everyone, you know, has some sense of that. Mm. Um, Matt, uh, sorry, I seem to be very serious today. That's, uh, I hope that's, that's all, all right. right. The, um, um, but uh, I was going to mention, by the way, just because uh, on a totally separate thing, but Barb was talking uh, about some of the songwriters, uh, some of the gay songwriters, LGBT songwriter stuff, and a, a, a book which is really great, uh, just a recommendation. Uh, David Bowie Turned Me Gay by Daryl Bullock. I, I've, I've mentioned it before. I've just quickly mentioned that as another tip for anyone who might be looking for a book. Um, Matt, what are you... Uh, you, you have... Uh, I, I believe we're, we're now going to try and create in your front room <laughs> that sense of tension uh fear <laughs> ultimately elation uh that is required for us to survive there is there is so often tension in my front room um so well i know that i know that you beautiful nerds like a show and tell and you like a mm. book right so i'm gonna do both so i'm gonna show and tell this right this is a it's just a wooden box this is a cigar box and this is one of the key props for my work and it is uh, a box that cigars used to be sold in and the reason it became a juggler's prop is because 100 or so years ago in the heyday of kind of vaudeville a juggler would roll into a town go to the cigar shop ask for the boxes that were going to be thrown out and then get free props that they wouldn't have to carry around and if they found something cool to do with them then they had free props in whatever town they would go to so that's how this became a prop and i've got one of my favorite books here this is um juggling the art and its artists um which is i mean you can you can see how much i love this book um so the history of the cigar box that would be wc fields in uh 1901 there are cigar boxes on his prop table there. We've got uh, R. Morello and Partners. We've got... So what I'm doing here is I'm showing you all the people that are on stage with me. That's the great Bella Cremo. When I go on stage, because as a solo performer, when I'm on stage, that's uh, that's... That's Bella Cremo. What a great show poster that is. When I go on stage, I, I am on my own, but not because the joy of working in circus is that when I pick this up, what I'm doing with it, the material that I do with it is honed and developed over the last 150 years by all these people. And it's the job of the variety artist to take something that's been a bit forgotten about, blow the dust off it, give it a twist, do it well, and then pass it down the line to the next person. And I'm the current person. A little bit of cigar boxes with hopefully a little bit of context to make it maybe a little bit more meaningful. That's beautiful, uh, Matt. That was wonderful. And where can people find out? I mean, because you, you have got stuff, you're putting up stuff at the moment, and also find out about, about your work generally. Yeah, well, mattricardo.com. Um, follow me on Twitter, Matt Ricardo, Instagram, Matt Ricardo. Um, I'm doing every Wednesday on my blog, on my website, I'm doing an hour's worth of my favourite comedy, circus, TV, weird stuff to watch. And also, as from about an hour's time, I'm doing a two-week project on YouTube where I will teach you how to juggle. Um, please don't learn to juggle because I need the gigs for me. Um, but yes, yeah, so I'm doing this teach yourself to juggle thing, which starts today, later today on YouTube. Thank you so much, Matt. Sounds Thank you very pleasure. much. This morning, we uh, tomorrow uh, we have singing. I think I think I'm right in saying we've got Nicole Smith, who's absolutely fantastic, uh, amazing blues singer. Uh, we have Tim Mitchin uh, joining us, which will be nine o'clock at night where he is. So uh, oh, wow, that, that's going to be a nice meeting of mind. Um, and uh, we have lots of other people. Joe coming out. Oh, jo 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 Joanna Neary will be with us as well. One of our favourite comedians. So Joanna Neary, Nicole Smith, and Tim Minchin. Uh, also, we're, we're uh, oh. the, uh, 
It's uh, not actually Joe Neary, it's Celia. Um, oh, okay, Celia Fowler. Oh, no, no, Celia. Oh, Celia, right. Yes, uh, so Joanna Neary will not be here. Celia <laughs> will be, but Joanna Neary won't be. I think we got out of that one. That's fine. Um, and uh, thanks very much, everyone who's donated as well. I just can mention another thing. We're doing a Patreon special because oh, yeah. uh, there are we, we, we've never profited from it. That We've been doing stuff now for, I don't know, probably a decade nearly of, of recording yeah. things. And uh, all of the money that we get from the Patreon thing always just goes back into creating more and more stuff. We've got a documentary about Richard Feynman that we put out again uh, recently. And also today on, on my feed and hopefully a few other people's feed, we'll be putting out all of our, or as many as we can actually we can't put out all because we've got over 200 uh chaos of delight films in which various scientists actors uh performers uh, and others talk about the things that give them a chaos of delight so have a look at that support us for our patreon if you can and we'll be doing a special patreon only show on wednesday evening wonderful so have a nice day so have a nice day robin enjoy yourself have a nice day as well you get the by the way just in case you're worried Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget cosmicshambles.com slash stay at home to catch up on all the previous episodes, find out who's coming up on upcoming episodes and to leave a tip for acts and artists and venues who are hit hardest at the moment. And if you'd like to support us at the Cosmic Shambles Network, patreon.com slash bookshambles.